Don't panic. Don't panic. The Voices from the North East podcast is back for Series 2. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I am sat here recording this on a lovely, sunny Easter weekend, and it is wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's so nice to be able to see a few people again. The sun has come out when we needed it to. I hope everybody has had a positive few days at least. I'm sorry that we've been a few weeks, Um, we haven't been around for a couple of weeks, but I'm sure you managed to fill the time. Um, We're back with a brand new series. The first couple of episodes, I would normally mash up um, a few different people that I'm going to interview. But actually, I've decided um, that what we're going to do is link three episodes um, together with the theme of food. Because I bet we have had a barbecue, I bet we've had a few takeaways, I bet we've eaten a little bit more food than we maybe normally would during lockdowns, and then particularly over the last sunny few days. And the conversations I've been having that are going into these next few episodes of the podcast really cover the change in relationship that we have with food. We're going to go back in the first episode all the way to the 1930s, Um, and talk about the kind of foods that people were eating and people were growing and people were uh, catching and cooking. And we're going to talk all the way up to, I guess, you know, now, really. And we're going to explore a little the experience people have had of food over the last couple of generations. Um, And we really have had a massive change in our relationship. You know, the, the supermarkets coming along have massively changed our town. Um, from those amazing butcher shops that people can remember, like White's Butchers that we talked about a few episodes back. Um, kind of having the veg shop, the, the, the meat shops at the end of various streets. And it, from the sounds of things, like at one time in this town, you, you couldn't go a few colliery rows without coming to the local butcher shop or the local veg shop or the, uh, the kind of the open all hours type of shop. And all of those shops, sadly, or not all, but God, 90% of them have kind of vanished now. And with that vanishing, our relationship with food has massively changed. Um, The things that we expect to be able to find in the shops all year round now are totally different. Um, We're not so good at accepting seasonal food. And then there's a whole other world of growing your own. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to share some lovely memories and we're going to kick this first episode off with a really short interview with my mum, where I asked her to explain to me what the heck was boily. Well, my mother, who was born in 1926 and everything, would talk about what she had for breakfast on the way to school, because in those days, you know, it would have been early 1930s by then, which was a great depression time as well there was no cereal absolutely no cereals at all maybe oats or something like that but nothing like what we have today and they used to have something called boily for breakfast now boily it's a i believe it's a northern thing it might be right across the country i don't know it was bread 
sometimes with a bit of butter on, maybe if some jam, if there was jam around, or a bit of stewed fruit, whatever there was, um, sometimes it was just plain bread with warm milk. And that was the breakfast that they would have before she used to go to school in um, Guy Post. And they lived in Choppington in a place called Sunnyside. And it was about a two-mile walk. So if you can imagine, you know, the one if she would only be five or six and she used to have to walk every day all the way there and all the way back. I can't think it was the most delightful thing to have, but that's what she used to have for breakfast. And there were nine children. So Grandma used to have to bake all these. My grandma, grandmother used to bake bread. She must have never stopped baking bread. To make this for breakfast every day. Okay, is that about mm-hmm. all you need? Or <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was all we needed. It was. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we had boily because it's such a. It's got an interesting name. Aye, cowpea boily. Dorothy always uses that, and she used to be a sick dog. Would I would say, oh, I feel like I'm going to cowpea boily. <laughs> Anyone for boily? Or I bet you're looking in those cupboards at the cereal boxes you've got right now and thinking, wow, are we lucky. <laughs> well, from Boily, we're going to talk about uh, skinning rabbits and pigeons. So, there's quite a bit uh, in this next section that is a more general discussion about food and, and, and kind of where you bought it from and how you cooked it and what were common meals. And this is, again, a discussion with my mum. But it's a really interesting one, and it it starts us off um, down this uh, three-episode discussion about food. I hope it brings back some fun and interesting memories of the foods your parents or your grandparents might have talked about. Enjoy! And they would have things for dinner. It would be very traditional. But the, the meat wouldn't be like probably what we have now there was a lot of things like liver kidneys rabbit pigeon because i remember i can remember even as a very small child my mom had six brothers and they regularly would have pigeons hanging up in the shed outside and occasionally a rabbit and one of the brothers one of my uncles would clean and skin these rabbits and things. And oh, me, wow. I can remember me, my grandma, so, so that's my mother's mother, having this huge, the, um, the oven was at the side of the fire, obviously. It was a big range, you know, and mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. have to stoke the fire up to get the oven to a temperature. And she had these huge dishes. And I can remember having... Oh, it's horrible even thinking about it to me now. Rabbit in it with black pudding, barley, and like lots of veg, and just cooked at the side of the oven. They say it was beautiful, but I <laughs> I hear the smell of cooked rabbit, even though I know it's very good for you and it's very nice. I personally couldn't eat it. And like I say, pigeons, wood pigeons. They would go out mm. and get wood pigeons, probably with a catapult, I would imagine, because they wouldn't be able to shoot them, would they? Um, but it was all that sort of thing, or lamb, or beef. Check They never had chicken, or it was very rare you had chicken. Chicken didn't become really commonplace until about 
the 60s and 70s that it became mass-produced type of thing. Before then, chicken was basically a very a treat if you had chicken. Right. Really, <laughs> you, when, when you think about chicken now being probably one of the most common meats. Well, yes, because it's really. mass-produced sort of now. Yeah, yeah. Way then mm-hmm. there were just free-range chickens, so you know you you had them for the eggs, but. It was usually farmers, or like I say, on a special occasion, you got them to have. But you didn't have pork very often in the summer. I always remember being told um, that you didn't have pork if there wasn't an R in the month. (laughs) Now, do you know why? No, go on, tell me. Well, if you think of the months when there's an R in the month, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, all winter months, so the pork would keep better. March, you know, so when you get to May, June, July and August, it's trying to keep it cool. Of course, because you're talking about pre-common fridge. Well, you didn't even really have a, you didn't have a kitchen or anything like that. You had a a sort of a, a scullery, like a big cupboard. Um, mm-hmm. Where you maybe prepared your food, but your food was probably cooked on the range in the kit in the, the sort of the living area. That's where it was. So you had this place to maybe to store it, or you stored it in your sort of outhouse in the garden type of thing. So in Ashton, what when we we were talking what the fifties? Oh no, this would be thirties, forties. Oh, thirties, forties. Yeah, um, and over guideposts, and then over to Ashton, mine. Um, and when right. I was little, like I say, when I can remember um, having the, the, the rabbits and hair hanging up in the, the outhouse, um, that was 50s, definitely late 50s, early 60s. Late 50s, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yes. And I mean, um, it was always veg- loads of vegetables. But vegetables filled you up. So, you know, it was only natural that every meal would have as many vegetables as were in season, you Mm, know. mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't things like, goodness, there wouldn't be things like, we didn't have kale and spinach and whatnot. It was like cabbage, turnips, carrots. And you only had peas in the summer when peas were in season, you know, sprouts in the winter, um, collies late sort of summer, and that was cauliflower you never had broccoli broccoli was unheard of you know Uh Uh, so there was nothing like that it was yeah literally a root veg were the best to be kept um yeah and then i I can remember my grandma on a sunday sunday morning after i'd been to sunday school i went to see my grandma and she still kept the traditional where she would bake on a sunday morning as well as making a dinner, she would bake and the tea cakes, she would have tea cakes cooling on the windowsill oh. out of the oven. She would open the window a little bit and have them all stacked up. And sometimes I would be allowed a, sl- a slice when it was still warm. Oh, they were delicious. <laughs> and the smell, I can still think about it now. Yeah, definitely. Um, you didn't really have biscuits and cakes. Mum mm. said nothing like that. You may be um, sort of like a, a shortbread my grandma would sometimes make, she said. But she couldn't. My mother never had a birthday cake or anything like that. Um, wow. Never. 
first birthday cake my mum had was her 60th birthday. She'd never had a birthday cake. Um, we just just didn't. There wasn't the money and things like that. So it was a very different way. And, of course, all the shops were local shops. So Yeah, well, we touched on that when we talked about, like, White's Butchers right. and places like that's that. Right. So, yeah, so you know... It's a totally different kind of Well, your butchers were at the bottom of the street, basically. You know, when they moved over to Ashington and lived in Beatrice Street, there was a butcher at the bottom of the street. Um, right. There was a what they used to call the ideal straws were at the top of the street. So you could get, yeah, butter was in great big, um, uh, there was a great big wedge of butter on the counter and they would cut you a piece off and wrap it up and wow. give it to you. Um, the ham would be cut in slices, you know, for you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes at the allotment, people used to actually all own a pig. I can remember my mum saying that. They would buy a pig between the, a, a couple of families. And then, oh, wow. I don't know, they must have got somebody to come and slaughter the pig. And they would all come away with some of that, especially around Christmas time and things like that. So they would all have maybe a joint of pork for Christmas Day. Goodness me. You know? Um, yeah, and yeah. It, very different way of doing things. Oh, huh? very, very different way of doing things. And not, nothing was wasted apart from the squeak. That's what <laughs> she used to say. Uh, nothing was wasted on a pig apart from the squeak. Um, so, yeah, it was a very, very traditional, um, very basic sort of food. And it was full cream milk. So there was no puddings neither. Occasionally you get a rice pudding. Uh, grandma would make steam pudding, but with nine children to give steam puddings to. Wow. So they would go scrumping for apples and things like that. Um, so maybe sometimes there would be baked apples in the oven, just put in the oven. And they would be cooked slowly whole with a bit of sugar in. Um, well, I was going to say, when you say baked apples, what was that literally apple? A whole apple, apple and you take the middle out, which used to be called a gauk. The middle of the apple is right. the gauk. Yeah, yeah. You know, core. we yeah. take the middle out and sometimes fill it with fruit, uh, dried fruit, which you, that they have then as well. Dried fruit would be packed into the middle and a little bit of sugar in the top. And that would be put into the side of the oven and brought out. Um, so that was done like that as well. So it was totally, totally different time. But it was this boily that used to get me. I used to think, oh, I couldn't eat that in the morning. And there's also a saying, which a friend of mine, who's a lot older than me, but she still says it. Sometimes when she's not feeling very well, she'll say, oh, I could just count me boily. Meaning oh. she felt sickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, mm. yes. You wouldn't, yeah, I mean, like my mum used to say it, but I hadn't heard her say it for many years. Um, yeah, you had to be careful not to cowp your boilie. And I didn't know Lovely. what it meant until that's how I got to know about boilie as a breakfast. So, Gosh. yeah. And, course, and yet, strangely enough, it's a phrase that instantly conjures up a horrific That's image. right. <laughs> yeah, it does. And you've got to remember, you know, with nine children, my my grandmother would have been making bread for all these probably every day. You yeah. know, yeah. if you were making, because once they got to 14, the lads were going down the mines. So she would be putting 
food up for them as well. You know, and there used to be things like potted meat. Used to be able to buy them at the butchers. I never knew quite what it was, potted meat. Maybe somebody here would be able to enlighten you what it is. They used mm. to be used in sandwiches. Um, you can imagine, I think there would probably be all the offcuts. That was maybe... Well, I was just going to say, it's probably whatever they could compact into the Yeah, goodness or, knows you know, what it was. But I, I do remember them being put on and lots of jams because blackberries were free <laughs> and there was apple trees growing around where there were. So there was blackberries and apple jam made all through the season to last the year type of thing. So, yeah, just a little bit. I'm sure there are a lot of more people out there who maybe even remember a lot more than I do because I'm just going off what my mother told me. So they might remember things a bit better than I can. Uh, Definitely. No, I like that. It's really good. I mean, it's really interesting just to kind of turn the clock back well, I... one, two, three generations and, and look at a completely different uh, relationship with That's food right. completely well different. I mean they ate and, like and, lots yeah. of offal as well liver kidneys um tripe and I I, I can wow. remember grandma making um a great grandma making boiling a heart once oh a roast oh my goodness I can't remember it was a beast a beast she would say and a beast was a um a cattle cow oh and I could have been sick it was very lean, according to her, and she she did get us to try it because she didn't tell us what it was. She says, "I've got this nice meat here. Have a taste, see if it's cooked." And I tasted, it, and the second I put it in my mouth, I knew it was awful, and I couldn't stand the texture or the taste. But um, oh, the thought that was a living, beating heart just turned me. It made Oof. me help me boily. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they they, they ate. You know, but they were very, they were quite healthy people because they ate very, not huge quantities, but what they did have was extremely fresh and very yeah. local and not full of antibiotics and God knows what nowadays. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the totally different yeah. sort of relationship with what you bought, how you ate it, how you kept it, what you prepared, how long it lasted. That's right. And yeah. of course, the milk, yeah. even milk was like, and churns, this is at Sunnyside, I remember saying, that the milk was delivered by the farmer in great big churns of milk. And you would go down... Oh, right, yeah, the big yeah, metal and, things with And the you would on. sometimes... I mean, your grandma used to take, um, like, a jug down, and the, the farmer right. would lay, ladle out. You know, they had the, the sizes, like a pint, a half pint of quart, so you could get however much milk you wanted and it was um, tipped into your jug so right. it was Gosh. literally fresh it wouldn't be pasteurised properly or anything like that, it was probably milk first thing in the morning and then brought down to the village Jumping into Facebook for some of your memories of food. This is lovely. Um, I posted in Ashington Remembered just a simple question uh, explaining that I was having this conversation with my mom and what were your memories of the foods, you know, that you've had for dinner or just generally foods that have, you know, passed out of experience. Uh, Alice mentions uh, loving bread boiled 
uh, or bread boily, sorry, she'd forgotten about that, and clouty dumplings. Stephen mentions tripe and onions, leek suet pudding boiled in a cloth with gravy, and he also mentions Carlin's on Carlin Sunday, which I actually had to ask what that was, um, and he's mentioned these are like steepy peas, uh, but you can have them sweet with sugar or savoury with salt and vinegar, um, and if you want to go right back to that memory, uh, Stephen put a link um, to explain those even better in that Ash and Remembered post. Don't think there's something I would want to eat. Um, what else have we got? Um, uh, Jean mentions just something as simple as sugar on bread and butter. And I have to remember, I'd forgotten that. My grandma used to do that. Now, it was proper butter. Totally different taste. The closest you get to it, I think, now is something like Lurpak is kind of the closest thing I taste now where I think, yes, that's like the kind of thick butter that used to be on the bread um, that my grandma and granddad had uh, with sugar, uh, which I'm sure my mother was really happy about when I went to my grandma's coming home and saying I'd just eaten sugar sandwiches. Uh, Colleen remembers bubble and squeak on a Monday night with leftover Sunday roast veg. Sounds absolutely lush. Heather remembers condensed milk sandwiches and bread dipped in the juices of the roast beef on a Sunday. Now, I have to admit, the, I'm going to go first on the roast beef, uh, so dipping sandwiches, I still love those to this day. Oh my goodness me. It's not great for you, but by God, do they taste good, right? Uh, now, I had then replied saying, condensed milk in a sandwich, uh, to which Heather replies and, and points out that I'm probably thinking um, about... Um, evaporated milk <laughs> would you actually get that into a sandwich no condensed milk is nice and thick like a syrup and spreads on bread sounds like a really healthy one um yeah uh what else have we got alan bread and sugar in a cup with hot hot milk poured over it not gonna lie i quite fancy giving that one a try clouty dumplings spotted dick pan haggerty uh, Neil mentions Pan Haggerty. Valerie, bread boily, bread with hot water and sugar. Um, there we've got mentions. Val mentions a, a coming back from a day at the beach with a bucket full of Willicks. I think we've pronounced that and spelt that right. Boiled in a large pan. Uh, <laughs> remembers a row of kids outside waiting with a corner newspaper uh, and a pin to get them out of the shell. Fantastic. And Evelyn remembers leek pudding boiled in a clout. Isn't it funny? Food is such a simple thing, yet it inspires some serious memories from us all. Okay, let's just wrap up the episode. Isn't food a fascinating conversation to have? I mean, you know, there's so much to take away from just a short 15-minute conversation with my mum about it, but things like a scullery. I mean, to me, a scullery is something from Downton Abbey. Um, but you forget just how different um, everything was about food a couple of generations back, or even just one, and it depends if you're my age, then one generation back. You know, storing food, preparing food, and cooking food, it's all entirely different. It's absolutely fascinating as well to think that this whole conversation just came about because I asked my mam uh, what boily was and, you know, what was food like back in the day. 
And I think the big takeaway for me, <laughs> takeaway when we're talking about food, um, is fresh and local. Mum mentions that right at the end when she talks about uh, fresh and local. And uh, for my mum, that's really important, and it should be for all of us, really, but I think it highlights how far we've moved as a society with our food. Um, you know, what we consider to be fresh is, you know, chilled and frozen and moved across the country and uh, and across Europe and, and the world even in at, at lightning speed, but it's still not as fresh as if you just dug it out of the ground, is it? Um, and local, local's become a bit of a relative term now as well, I suppose. Um, oh, does anybody know what potted meat was? Mam had no idea. I'm not sure we want the answer to the question, if I'm completely honest. Um, but, because <laughs> goodness knows what it was. But if you do know what potted meat was, um, if you're on Facebook, hunt down the Ashton Remembered post where I uh, mentioned this episode and um, leave us a comment and tell us what was inside those tins. Now, I uh, said the next... Uh, well, the first three episodes of Series 2 were all going to be in some way linked to food, and they are. Next episode, we're going to talk again with uh, those fabulous entertainers and raconteurs, uh, Neil and Eleanor, and they're going to tell us all about some family food memories. All right, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back for Series 2, and I look forward to speaking with you and hearing from you all again very, very soon. Stay safe and well, everybody. <laughs>